the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, December the 9th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, in 1917, British forces captured Jerusalem. They took it away from the Ottoman Turks. Today, in 1958, the John Birch Society was formed in Indianapolis. Today, in 1962, the Petrified Forest in Arizona was designated a national park. Beautiful place. Today, in 1965, A Charlie Brown Christmas premiered on CBS. Yeah, it's the first animated TV special featuring the characters from Peanuts. Peanuts had been running in comic strip in the newspaper for quite a while. Charles Schultz was a deeply committed Christian, very active in his church, and uh, just a great guy. I did not know him, but I saw him and heard him speak, and he's just a tremendous guy. He said that, uh, actually, I mean, who doesn't love Charlie Brown? But he said Charlie Brown kind of reflects in all of the, those, you know, little strips that he uh, drew and then wrote about, about him and then they produced for television. He said Charlie Brown was kind of a reflection of himself and some of his own insecurities as a kid growing up. That's interesting, at least to me. Today in 1992, Britain's Prince Charles and Princess Diana, they announced their separation they became divorced. Their divorce was final in the summertime sometime. I think maybe August or something like that. I don't know. Today in 2001, the United States disclosed the existence of a videotape in which Osama bin Laden said he was pleasantly surprised by the extent of damage from the September 11 terrorist attacks. Better than he expected. Today in 2013, scientists revealed that NASA's Curiosity rover had uncovered signs of an ancient freshwater lake on Mars, of course. Ten years ago today, the European Union said 26 of its 27 member countries were open to joining a new treaty, tying their finances together to solve the euro crisis. Britain remained opposed. I suppose you could say this was a moment of globalism, being better together. One year ago today, The U.S. government and 48 states and districts sued Facebook. They accused Mark Zuckerberg of abusing their market power in social networking to crush smaller competitors. Federal judge dismissed the lawsuit in June, just this past June, this summer. Interesting how things roll, isn't it? Yesterday I mentioned the... uh, Council member Shama Savant, the Seattle council member, city council member, she was um, losing. I mean, the recall was winning, and she was losing pretty significantly. But overnight, all of that changed. Como News is reporting this morning, and I, I know many of you, you know, don't live in Seattle, and this doesn't directly affect you. But it it's a reflection of of a bigger issue, I think. Certainly. People are not quite as excited about socialism as she is, at least 
half the people aren't, thankfully. But it also just raises the question, why, why do progressives always gain in the polls overnight? Initially, they're usually down on their issues and on themselves as candidates. Even Como News kind of suggests that in their wording this morning uh, on, uh, on, their, on their TV news and radio news. They're saying, as of Wednesday afternoon, yesterday, 50.31% of the voters voted yes in the recall and 49.69% uh, voters voted no. On election night, the recall effort was ahead by close to 2,000 votes, Como says. In recent Seattle elections, they say, I'm quoting them, the later arriving votes have typically favored progressive candidates. Living in the corruption that we live in today in America, unfortunately, you just have to ask yourself, I don't know, maybe it's just me. King County Elections says it anticipates another 1,200 or so ballots, a majority of which they expect to post on Thursday. Elections says there are 656 signature challenges in those. I don't know. You hear the same, whether it's a national election, a federal election, state election, or whether it's a socialist trying to hang on to her power, you hear the same response. The good guys are winning, then they're not winning after a couple of days and a couple of nights go by. Remember that homeless man that I mentioned yesterday? I, he, he was on the streets of New York, not the only one for sure, but he was one of them. He's the guy that they have um, they arrested for climbing that 50-foot Christmas tree outside Fox News headquarters there in, in midtown Manhattan. I mentioned that yesterday. His name is Craig uh, Tamanaha, I think it is. He's 49 years old. But there's a little note about him this morning. I just wanted to mention it to you. He, they, they, they arrested him, of course. I mean, the damage that was caused is estimated at $500,000 to this tree, half a million dollars. So they arrest him yesterday, and I mentioned that on this program. What I did not mention was just a few hours after that, they, you know what they did. They released him. He's back on the street again, and he's creating problems. He's going around and he was yelling. He was yelling at some people in front of the courthouse. I'm not even going to quote what he was saying, but the New York Post quoted it. But uh, the reason they released him is because arson is only considered a felony in New York if the arsonist harms or attempts to harm a person or carries out the attack as a hate crime. So if, if he would have said when he climbed that 50-foot Christmas tree and lighted it on fire and did $500,000 in damage, a half a million dollars in damage, had he said, I hate Jews or I hate blacks in particular, oh, he'd be in jail. He'd be locked up. But he didn't do that. He didn't create a hate crime and he didn't harm another person, they say. So he's back on the street. No problem. It doesn't take a genius to extend that thinking. And man, that leads you to, well, 
with those kinds of policies and laws in place, it leads you to thinking maybe our cities will be torched and burned and graffitied, and oh, they already are. (laughs) That's where that kind of thinking leads. That's why New York, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Minneapolis, whatever, I mean, we know all the cities, as soon as the weather warms up, quits snowing or raining, these guys will be back out in the street breaking windows, stealing stuff. They're doing it. The stealing is going on now. But the rioting will come back until we can get it straight. I don't know what's the matter with us in America. It's almost some of the things I report on this program, I almost don't believe myself, except it's in the news. I mean, everybody knows about it. And I'm thinking, are people really doing this? And is are the authorities really responding that way? Yeah, they are. They're not responding. This guy's right back out. He's doing it again today. He's yelling at people, obscenities, and, and doing stuff. And he was in front of the courthouse and saying things that I'm not going to repeat on this program. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And they're going, yeah, yay, you know, you, you have your rights. Boy, I don't know. And then Christmas comes. Democrat Representative Jared Huffman of California, he disbelieves. Those are his words. That's his word. He disbelieves in God. He's proud of his atheism. He's an atheist, an activist atheist. In fact, he says in the history of the United States Congress, before I came out, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's gay too. I don't know. But anyway, he says, before I came out, you can only find one member in the history of the United States Congress, Representative Pete Stark, who had publicly acknowledged not believing in God. So he is casting himself, this member of Congress, as the second atheist to come out and have the courage to stand up in America and say, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. He's a hero of sorts. You say, well, yeah, he he thinks that, but nobody else does. Well, the other night he was asked to speak at the lighting of the Capitol Christmas tree. (laughs) I read that twice, but it's true. They did. They asked him to speak at the lighting of the Capitol Christmas tree. He's an avowed activist atheist. He was one of five members who said a few words. He said more than the others. Only two of them even mentioned Jesus Christ. One doesn't believe the myth of Christmas. The other two were silent, and there was no mention of Christ in the Christmas activities. What's happening in our country? We have forgotten God. Patrick Henry said if when a people or a nation forgets God, tyrants forge their chains. I think I hear the forgers rattling their chains in China and elsewhere in our world today. But even if they're not, we're creating our own incarceration. We are creating our own punishment. We're creating our own sentence by allowing our culture to continue down this path as it is. And they do so as though it's normal. Normality has taken on a whole new look. Terrence Jeffrey He attended the lighting. He noted, he's a journalist, he noted that Huffman received the Emperor Has No Clothes Award three years ago, and he did. 
the award given annually by the Freedom from Religion Foundation. We've talked a lot about that foundation here on, on this program because they they write letters threatening school boards primarily. And if they even utter a word, that, if they say the word prayer, if they don't even pray, if they just think about praying, Freedom from Religion Foundation writes them a letter and threatens to sue and the boards cave and it costs it costs the uh, the Atheist Foundation just the amount of the stamp, the letter, and the effort to stick it in a slot and mail it to them. I mean, it doesn't cost them anything, and they're just messing up school boards all over America. We've talked about that quite a bit on this program. Well, they give awards every year. They're pretty highly funded. A lot of money flows to these guys. But the award is given annually by the Freedom From Religion Foundation to atheists who have spoken out, told it like it is, straight talk. <laughs> about the myth of God. They claim there is no God. This same group gives an annual Nothing Fails Like Prayer Award as well. But the No Clothes Award that Freedom From Foundation, Religion's Foundation gives every year is based on a well-known story by Hans Christian Andersen. You probably know the story. I've referred to it off and on over the years publicly. But... Uh, it's about a self-absorbed emperor. He's conned into buying these very expensive, this very expensive cloth for his new clothes. The cloth is so expensive and so exquisite that only the very wise can see it. The emperor prays around before his cowed-down subjects in this imaginary finery until an astute child calls out, but the emperor has no clothes. And of course, that's the essence of the of the story by Hans, Hans Christian Andersen. Thus, the award is named for the child who told it like it is. I would name Freedom From Foundation as the emperor himself. They have no clothes. They are naked before God. But when Huffman received the award at San Francisco three years ago, he told the audience this. This is a United States congressman who spoke at the lighting of the Christmas tree at our capital in Washington, D.C. Here's what he said three years ago when he got this award. He said, quote, when I look out at all the brilliant, talented, there were about 2,000 people in attendance. He said, when I look out at, at all of the, the brilliant, talented, principled people in this room, my first thought is that if being a non-believer means I have to burn in hell for eternity, I'm going to have good company. They laughed and applauded and continued. I would suggest that he might want to have a second thought on that one, but that's between he and God. Huffman went on to say, quote, how fortunate I am to be in an era when a member of Congress can come out publicly as a non-religious humanist and politically uh, live to tell about it. It hasn't always been possible for national public figures to do things like that. Well, indeed. Our founding fathers were against these kinds of things. They didn't want to make America a Christian nation per se, although they suggested from time to time that it kind of was because the people who live here were Christians primarily, and those who were not Christians at least accepted and embraced Judeo-Christian values and principles. That's why we the term emerged later of a Christian consensus in America. John Jay was our first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. John Jay said this, quote, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation. I mean, he just said that. 
And nobody tried to stone him. They said, yeah, yeah, we understand what he's saying. The privilege and interest of our Christian nation is to select and prefer Christians for rulers. Oh, but Gary, we have a no litmus test. That's true, we do. But that was just where he was coming from. The first chief justice of the Supreme Court. Why didn't he know about separation of church, of church and state in its most violent form as we know it today? Why didn't these guys know that? They founded this country because that wasn't their intent. That was not the original intent. John Adams, our second president, he said on June 21st, 1776, he said, Statesman, my dear sir, George Washington, whomever, may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. Adams also said the only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. Mocking God and being an atheist is not virtuous. I don't care how much they say it is, it isn't. And that is the foundation of America. And when we turn on that, we're turning on our very foundations. John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son, he came along later, became, I think it was the fifth president of the United States. He agreed with his father, and he agreed with the founders, even though he was the next generation. He said, from the day of the Declaration, they, the American people, were bound by the laws of God, which they all, and by the laws of the gospel, which they nearly all acknowledge as the rules of their conduct. These are not isolated, but pervasive beliefs among those who gave birth to this nation under God. While our founders fought to secure God-given liberty and freedom, now some among us fight for a false freedom that cancels the very source of our freedom itself, Almighty God. Do they not realize that that is the short route to hell and to the dustbin of history? Only where the Spirit of the Lord is can we find freedom and liberty. Our founders uttered those words from time to time. It's in the record. Our founders clearly understood that truth. I think it's time we reclaim that truth. That's one of the reasons why I turn on this microphone every morning and thank God for the opportunity to talk to anyone that will listen to me. And I thank you for not only listening, but supporting us each month. Because my voice would just go away. And I know there's some applauding as I speak, I'm sure. But I will tell you, it's time that we get it straight and just speak to the issues. Straight talk. Biblically so. From the Word of God. And those of you who support this ministry, you are allowing, you are causing that to happen. Because I'll tell you, without you, I wouldn't be here. Thank you so much. And if you've been thinking about supporting this, this would be a great time to join. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. You can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and you can make a contribution there. Thank you in advance. We need your support. We need your help. And I am very grateful for it. Jerry Drace is a pastor and an evangelist. He published an article yesterday. I want to quote a little bit from that article in light of this atheist now presiding over lighting the Christmas tree. 
man, that bothers me. I can't tell you. I'm, I'm not going to try. I won't put you through it, but it really bothers me. <clears throat> and I think I'm justified in that because it's righteous bother. It's righteous indignation. I'm not big on Christmas tree. I mean, it's, Christmas trees are great. I know some are opposed to Christmas trees, but I, I'm not. And I, I will explain it to you someday, maybe, but I don't have time today. But <clears throat> I'm not opposed to Christmas trees. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I am opposed to atheists presiding over anything that has Christ's name on it. They need to get on their knees in front of the cross and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, or as he laughingly and mockingly said, he will burn in hell, because that's what God has said, not me. God has said that. And it's urgent that people know the Lord. Remember Andre Crouch? He wrote so many songs. Andre and I became good friends, that close friends, over the years. He was a really good guy. He, had, he went through some personal problems and challenges, but Andre loved the Lord. I knew him well. One of the, answer, one of the songs that he wrote is, Jesus is the Answer. And the refrain of the song, or the bridge, the refrain of it said, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Remember that? Some of you remember that. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. And then there were several verses to it. One of them, the first one that he would usually sing is, If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Another one that he, another verse that he would often use when he was doing concerts and things, he would do reflection of the old past. They seem to face you every day. There's one thing I know for sure that Jesus is the way. And then he would sing, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Another verse that he would sing, he said, I know you've got mountains that you think you cannot climb. I know that your skies have been dark. You think the sun won't shine. In case you don't know, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Wow. I've seen so many kids as a youth pastor. I loved being a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for quite a long time. People used to say, well, Gary, I think you're developed enough now and you've matured enough now. I think you could become a real pastor. Man, I didn't want to be a real pastor. I wanted to be a youth pastor. In fact, I, I will admit this only between you and me. The other day, I had this experience and I found myself honestly thinking, I'd kind of like to be a youth pastor again. And I'm over 40, but I mean, don't tell anybody because they would think I was nuts. But I found myself wishing I could be a youth pastor again. I love kids. I really do. I love them all. And some of them are so unlovely. I mean, they're just pills, but I love them. And I see them, and my wife and I have shared this over the years. We've talked about it. But I've seen so many kids come to the Lord as they've heard the words from Andre or whomever, it didn't matter. The words, Jesus is the answer. And boy, he is. Whew, I shouldn't have gotten into that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I get a little emotional when I talk about that kind of thing. But what's happened in the past 25 years in our nation? 
Look at the increase of sexually graphic curriculum in our public schools. I talk about it often here. Family Research Council has said, des- uh, despite studies, this this is the uh, Family Research Council, despite studies showing that modern sex education fails to achieve stated goals and results in increased student sexual activity, school systems are devoting up to 70 hours of classroom time per child to sex education. Parents have two main concerns, uh, the FRC says, about sex ed today. It sexualizes children and is loaded with LGBTQ indoctrination. It is. It's child abuse. Consider the constant rhetoric of self-appointed social justice warriors in the classroom being driven by the union, the teachers' unions. Not all teachers are activists. There are strong Christians teaching in public education, but there are also strong activists. Uh, activists. But those who claim to be advancing MLK's I Have a Dream speech, the most often, they're the sources of the deferment. What MLK asked for, we could be experiencing, but those people stop it because they're like BLM, Black Lives Matter, because they're in the way. They're not trying to help, they're trying to expand their influence and their personal power. Unrestrained attacks on our political, social, and educational, religious, family institutions find their source in cultural Marxism. And Marxism didn't happen overnight in America. It didn't happen as thought in other countries. It failed. But the cultural Marxism kind of grew out of the failure of Marxism, economic Marxism, and it found root in America and in the West, but particularly here. But we didn't get here in the last few months. It's been decades. It's been a long march through the institutions of our country. And too many Christians have watched in silence. Cultural Marxism is killing us. It's forged the way for critical race theory, LGBTQ movement, so-called abortion rights, the cancel culture, all of this junk that we see happening in our culture today and we talk about here. Bible-believing churches in America are on trial because we have been silent in the culture that pressures us to remain silent on eternal issues. If you want to talk about having a good day, if you want to talk about how to be up today instead of down, they're okay with that. But when you start talking about the eternal issues, the Bible, the Word of God, the infallible, inerrant Word of God, they begin to pressure you to tear out the pages from your Bible with which they disagree. The great Presbyterian pastor, evangelist Charles Finney, He wrote in an article that was titled The Decay of Conscience. It was published in 1873, in December, in fact, of 1873. He said, if there's decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, the pulpit is responsible. He said, if Satan rules in the halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible And he said, quote, if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible. That is so true. So very true. I believe God is looking at his church today in America. And he's asking us, why are we silent? It's time to speak. It's time to stand. It's time to be who we are. And it's time to address the issues. And it's not a time for atheists to be leading in any celebration that has to do with Christmas, in my view. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's always a pleasure, a privilege. Thank you for your support. 
your kind notes from time to time, and I read them all. And thank you for being with me today. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.